I think I need to let this marinate. So I've been reading up a little bit about Derek Parfit, I think, if um, I'm pronouncing his name correctly, um, who's a famous moral philosopher um, in the modern age. He's still alive, which is so strange to think about because I don't really think of, about philosophers as being alive. Um, they're usually ancient. Um, anyway, uh, Larissa, um, who's last name is much harder to pronounce than Derek's last name, um, who's a favorite writer of mine, um, had an article um, on the New Yorker about um, Derek, and I always like Larissa's writing because I don't know how, but she can tell me exactly what was going on through the subject's mind and how they make decisions. So I feel like I really got to know the person that she's writing about, and which is even more interesting because, because of the occupation of Derek's. Um, life um, so like as a moral philosopher like what are the dilemmas that he's facing and what kind of work is he working on and what is it based off um, and so on and this thing that I still I the thing is I spent a lot of time reading about the person and I read a couple of other articles <clears throat> about Derek and his wife who is also a philosopher um, and they all the articles kept mentioning the same you know theories that Derek mentioned um, in his work um, <clears throat> so I feel like I've read it a couple of times and they always use like different analogies as they often do with philosophical dilemmas but I don't really understand it yet so suppose there's this thing about like like if one by one my cell is exchanged to those of for example Britney Spears then at, like at the end of this I will become Britney Spears and I would have ceased to exist but what about the middle point like when did I stop becoming me and start to become Britney Spears you know along the way I mean surely there's this one point where like this additional one cell makes me Britney and not me anymore um, so the point of this I think is that Derek is saying that's absurd and so like You don't actually, like humans don't really exist because of our identity. We just exist due to our relations um, to others, right? So like in and of itself, there's like, there's no I. I am here because of the connections that I've made in my life. I think this is what he meant by the non-identity problem. But then with the examples people are saying, like, like usually when they start talking about non-identity problem, it's always a, a question. Uh, the explanation always has to do with like population. This has many ramifications um, in modern decision making. For example, um, climate change, right? So, if I make a decision that would deplete uh, more resources versus a decision like a policy that would conserve resources, then like we would say, oh, we should conserve resources because that would be better for the future generation. But any decision would have led to a different future. And so a different future would consist of different people. And so we can't say that it would have been better for the, like it would be like a policy to conserve resources is better for people in the future because we're talking about a different set of people in the future. And I think the point that he was trying to make is that, so then this makes no difference. I, I don't know what that means. I think he's trying to say like, just because it doesn't make any difference though, does it doesn't mean that it's, it's, 
making it like less bad or more bad and um, he worries Derek worries that people conceive it as such as like it's the same like this it, I think he's saying that like so then I don't know what the problem is or like I don't even know like what's so th- the problem is not like with the identity itself the problem is with him like feeling like people assign moral values to the decisions that we make pertaining to other people's identities like maybe it's that like the other big thing that he um that derek uh talks about is is the future right because like the climate change problem like our relationship with the future is so um interesting to him and it doesn't like he one of the things i read was he doesn't understand why <clears throat> like people get more upset if we tell them that in the future you will undergo pain um, or experience pain and people get more upset when it, when we tell them that compared to if we had if we said in the past you have experienced some pain that you've forgotten about like people are less upset about that because it has passed but it's interesting because the pain is like as real as future pain if not more because that it has actually happened right so let's assume that the future pain will happen like with certainty with absolute certainty like that doesn't take away from the fact that the pain from the past was real and yet people get more upset about being told about future pain than they do about past pain now my reasoning is like of course because they don't like the anticipation of knowing like that they would suffer and at least when it's in the past it has like they don't have to worry about it anymore so i don't i don't like i don't really understand why he has a confusion about the future um i think that when we talk about the future you obviously talk about anticipation and when we talk about the past we talk about something that is like it's it's no longer an issue in our lives because we don't have to look forward to it so i don't i mean yes the past pain is as real as future pain But you can't blame people for worrying uh, more about future pain. <clears throat> so I don't really understand. And then there's this other thing called the repugnant... I forgot. I think it was like the repugnant decision. Um, and Which I understood even way less than the non-identity problem. I think the repugnant something has to do with the fact that like... People take moral... Like... Like... As a society, we take different decisions than what we would do if we were just individuals. Um, and that has like a lot of different implications. So I think what they were trying to say about this was, so like if I have a decision where there, where I would choose between like something that would result to 10 people having a great quality of life versus like 50 people having a mediocre quality of life then by law of like maximization of value then I would choose the latter right I would I would rather make the decision to give like 50 people a mediocre amount of life um, than 10 because I want more people to be to be living at least a good life um, 
like a media like an acceptable life but by that logic then it would be preferable for us to be like maximizing the number of people and compromising on the quality of their life so like we would rather have like a huge society where the quality of life is like barely bearable than we would expect that like we would rather choose that than than like a small group with like exceptional quality of life and i think it's true i mean it's certainly it's logically sound but then it's not a very good society to be living in and i think that's why he called it the repugnant something in that like he knows that it's true and yet it's like i can't believe we're living in this kind of society um anyway there's a so so there's that and i feel like i don't know if i would understand him better by reading like actual his writing his actual writing because it would probably confuse me because he's you know one of the most brilliant philosopher they say and i don't like i don't i don't read philosophy i don't really like it's hard for me to to pay attention like pay close attention to it and it seems like the other thing like the under interesting thing about this profile is like it depicts you know his life and character as well and there's a lot of things that you can certainly relate to like he's very obsessive um there's a lot of past like illustrations to describe like how he appreciates things but just that but just to the extent that he knows those things exist but he never makes any effort to like maintain a connection with those things uh which is strange right because i thought the non identity problem was the fact that like you don't in and of itself like exist but you exist by the connections so that if he doesn't build any connection with anything then i would assume like he doesn't like he can't maintain that like does he think that he is def- like he himself is defined by his connections so for example like the the big story is him and his wife who who was together who were together for like 29 years before they finally got married and it was so complicated because it was enough for him that she was she she existed but he couldn't give the human companion that she wanted um and he would not like socialize with her or something like that like it was illustrated like she found it super weird um that they decided to live together like apart but they would call several times a day and he really loved her but he like again it was just enough that he existed and he just doesn't make any effort it seems to like be romantic um or like strengthen the romantic connection that you know we thought he had with her so i i i don't really understand that part of him um anyway but it seems like her being also a moral philosopher have grown to accept it and you know they're married now so i guess that's a good thing um it was said that they were married for pragmatic reasons like to talk about like living well and next of kin because they're older now i think he's about 67 i don't know about her so it's like a lot of these things like i really like again going back to larissa the writer of the original essay new yorker i really enjoyed it because and it is like an old article that i've read before like several times and every time i go back to it i like 
I'm starting to think about something it better. Like he mentioned about Derek's, you know, opinions of Kant, uh, and I still don't really understand it. Like this, this law of like universal, this universal law of morality uh, versus like individual will. Um, I don't really understand it. But it's so fascinating that I get to like almost be like in the mind. Like I, I got to see like the minds of a brilliant man, um, which is fascinating. I really should should read. Like Larissa has a book out, and I really should read it. Um, in the meantime, though, I kind of feel like because I've invested so much time reading about Derek, um, I kind of feel like I I want to get better at it. At least I want to be able to explain like the non-identity problem and the repugnant whatever like articulately to other people and like what does that have to do with the whole like exchanging genes between like exchanging the cells between me and Britney Spears like where does that come into either equation